0: Welcome to the Dope CFO Podcast, where you can find the best information for accountants and bookkeepers that want to start and grow a highly profitable and flexible remote cannabis accounting firm with your host, Andrew Hunziker. Now that's dope. Hey
1: everybody, this is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, also CFO, founder of Dope CFO as well. Um, Quick About my background, I've been a CPA for over 25 years, was at a big four, um, including PricewaterhouseCoopers. I won the gold medal award for the highest score in the CPA exam, as well as was runner up for the Portland, Oregon Business Journal CFO of Year Award in 2017. And I was the first ever cannabis CFO to be nominated. Done lots of startup work as well. And love um, teaching all of our community. We have now over 500 people in all 50 states in our Dope CFO program. All right. Hey, it's Andrew Hunziker, CPA with Dope CFO, Um, back on our podcast today. This is going to be a really good one. I'm super excited. We have Desiree Anderson on. She has a pretty incredible um, background. And so... I'm going to, she's a CPA as well as a, an enrolled agent, both a double whammy. I don't think I could have survived both of those. <laughs> and so I'm gonna—I'm actually gonna let you. Why don't you give tell us, as opposed to me trying to tell your background, you tell us all about you. You got a, a really quite a, a, a big background.
0: Okay, so I am, um, like you said, Desiree Anderson, and I am a CPA licensed in the state of Georgia. I'm also an enrolled agent, and the reason why I have, I wound up with both of those is because I I had decided at some point that I wasn't going to sit for the CPA exam, because everyone kept on saying how hard it was, I was like, oh, I don't know, so when I graduated from college, I said, well, let me just go straight in, because I'm I'm already, you know, I've been studying for the past four years, I might as well just keep it going, so I studied for the EA exam, and then I decided, you know what, I mean, how hard can it really be? (laughs) So I decided to jump in and um, take, the, take take the CPA exam and you know that's why I wound up with both of them. And also I, um, I'm a former auditor for the state of Georgia. I used to audit small to medium-sized businesses, income audits um, Also I worked as a financial auditor for a CPA firm here in Georgia and that was a nonprofit that was a nonprofit um, CPA firm. In addition to all of that, I also, before I became a CPA, I was a hairstylist. And people always say, wow, how did you jump from being a hairstylist to being <laughs> a, an accountant? That is like two different sides of the brain, left side, right side. But anyway, I was a hairstylist for about 20 years. And I, um, assessed, uh, I was a salon owner as well. And then I decided at one point that, you know what, I, I love doing hair, but I don't want to find myself at 50 Behind the chair, because I had to be. Let it be a choice. Then I decided to go back to school and get my license. And my father was actually a, a chartered accountant, which is similar to being a CPA in in America. But he, his, you know, he was living in London, and um, so I decided to go that route. And then, um, I guess that's pretty much it. Nothing else. Well, <laughs>
1: and and that's what's amazing about that. So especially as it ties into our program, we have, we have different people that do different things. Like I'm a CFO and I don't do bookkeeping or tax returns or tax planning. And then we have some people like you that can do everything from literally bookkeeping on through controller, CFO, tax planning, tax return, start to finish, um, one-stop shop. But then having that auditor background is super strong. You know, I, I look at that as some of my best education ever. And then even working at the state, just kind of knowing how states work Mm -hmm. because this is such a regulated industry, you know, you're dealing with the state, whether it's just their excise tax or whatever, and you're helping your dispensary client or whoever they're going to need to deal with, with the state as well. Exactly. Um, And so that's, that's awesome uh, background. So what? One of, that leads us right into what are some unique skills or traits do you bring, or kind of unique offering around your firm, and how does your practice? Where are you? Are you wanting to do it all, or or um, are you wanting to be a one stop shop?
0: Um, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I always think it's best to sort of you know find your 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 area. Of expertise, something that you really enjoy doing, and sort of revolve your practice around that. That being said, right now I do do pretty much everything. Um, I haven't really decided where I want to focus in on, other than the fact that I I want to focus in on the cannabis industry. Outside of that, I haven't really decided to to narrow it down to a specific area. Now, eventually, I think as time goes on. When, I, when the excitement, I shouldn't say when the excitement wears <laughs> off, but I'm going to say it anyway, when the excitement wears off and you decide, you know what, I don't feel like doing that. Then you start to realize, OK, this is what I want to do and this is what I don't want to do. Now, in terms of um, what I offer, well, well, one of the things that I bring to the industry, I would say, is my experience, of course, dealing with the IRS on different levels. I've dealt with collections, which is huge. We have people yeah. that don't pay their taxes, you know how big that is. <laughs> And that has its own set of rules and regs. So uh, even just being a tax accountant or being a tax preparer does not um, prepare you for helping clients with collections. It's totally different. There's a totally different internal revenue manual that you need to understand and read it and know exactly what's going on. So I do bring that to um, to, to my practice. In addition to that, as a former auditor, even though I was an auditor for the state, I also dealt with irs type issues because georgia follows the irs they follow the feds you know you have some states that are very specific to what they do when it comes to collections and even auditing but uh, georgia tends to just follow the irs with most things so i did deal with a lot of irs issues even though i was dealing with uh, state auditing so when i decided to start my own business I kept that going, but I was on the other side. So now I know, okay, so based on my experience dealing with the state, here is how we would have handled it at the state. So here's how we're going to handle it, you know, as I help you along. So that was very, very helpful. Now, in terms of um, uh, uniqueness, in terms of what do I bring that special? I always find it very hard to answer that question because, We're all you know. You have thousands of people doing the exact same thing, right? So how do you really differentiate yourself? Well, sometimes there are ways of doing that, but for the most part, what I find is it's a matter of a connection. Like, do you connect with the client? Because a client can speak to five of us that do the exact same thing, and then and what's really unique is our our individuality. Like, do do, does do they connect with us? Okay, and that's how um, that's how clients tend to choose who they want to work with outside of a price shopper, because you have some that are just price shopping. Okay, yeah. They're either price shopping or they're looking at location. Are you located in my town? Or they're looking at, do you are you do you do work in my state? You know, s- things like that could be a, a, a condition. But other than that, it's really about whether or not you guys connect and are you on the same page. Um, let's see. Now, what else do I bring? I would say um, I do see a for work as well amongst everything else <laughs> so, and in my CFO work I, I tend to I like to build forecasts for particular for clients in addition to that analyzing their numbers and also they can make better decisions so everything you do as a CFO is to help your clients make better financial decisions but of course before that's done their books have to be together
1: Yes, perfect, and and that's what, and that's in our program as well. About I call it the value chain, and step one is rock solid accounting, um, whether they know they they need that or not, because it's the foundation of everything else. Whether it's improved cash flow, better tax returns, yeah, and peace of mind, better reporting, and so, I mean, you just listed a ton of stuff. Any one, like if you were just going to focus on IRS and tax resolution my hunch is it's going to be ma- like you could build the most massive cannabis cbd tax resolution plan. or if you want to ter- focus on cfo and and valuation and because valuation is another i see on your notes too mm-hmm. that that you've done i think and even going back from day one there's there's already you know, tons of m&a activity and everyone's like well well, what's a dispensary worth, or what's a farm worth? And we don't have we don't have comparables yet, too much and metrics to do valuations. So I think it's going to be another space where people are going to be paying ten to twenty grand to get their farm valued or their dispensary valued, and so that's another growth area. And and yeah, just it's. All those things you say are things these, these cannabis and CBD clients are going to need in a big, big way. And so it's awesome to see you getting in on the ground floor. And what I think they're going to appreciate with you too, with your background, they're going to be able to bounce our ideas off you, whether it's a bookkeeping or journal entry or evaluation issue or a CFO issue or a tax resolution, you're going to be kind of a one stop shop, which I think is going to be very, very valuable um, to them as well. And so that's, that's super awesome. Let me, let me go on the next question based on your background with IRS. What advice do you give other accountants? Because it is, it's an important thing. We've seen many companies go on the bad side of the
0: IRS. Oh yes. Yeah. And it's not hard to do either. It's very easy to do if you ignore them because at the end of the day, you know, if you're, if you're on their bad side, if you're not doing things properly, you're not complying, you're going to wind up on their bad side, of course, and they can do all sorts of things to shut you down intentionally or unintentionally. Um, I would say that for the accountants who work with clients, I would tell them to know what they know and know what they don't know. Okay. And if you don't know something, I think it's important that you try to research and find out, or if you're working with a client that is dealing with a situation that you're totally not familiar with, rather than trying to say, okay, let me go in and try to figure out how to do this. You might want to just pass it on to somebody who has the expertise. That's very important because I've seen where people, you know, clients get into trouble because they're working with a person who is not really very well skilled in that area. Um, And clients will throw you under the bus, (laughs) throw you under the bus, okay? And then they'll ride it back and forth while you're under there. (laughs) Even if they told you, even if you tell them, see, a lot of times I see, um, I see accountants saying, well, I know this is the right thing to do, but my client says that he or she would rather I do this. So I'm going to go ahead and get a signed document stating that you told me to do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And therefore I'm
0: going to do it. That is just an absolute no-no. That's the dereliction of your duty because at the end of the day, you know what's right and you know what's wrong, okay? If you know it's wrong, don't do it because even if that signed document means absolutely nothing, take it to court, they'll look at you and look at it and throw it out and keep you in,
1: you know? know? I totally agree on that point. Just- yeah. Do the right thing. And that's our best insurance policy, not a piece of paper.
0: Exactly. Do the right thing. Because the client will say, I didn't say that. Or I don't remember saying that. Or they will tell you what you should have known. Well, you're the professional. You should have told me not to do it. So they'll throw you under the bus. So don't, you know, just do what's right. The The second thing I would say is to make sure that your clients have and follow policies and procedures. Okay. It's important that you create But not necessarily you, but it's important that you have your clients understand the importance of maintaining, you know, um, policies and procedures when they're doing things. Because ultimately, when like when I used to audit companies and let's say there is something that they did that was somewhat outside of the realm, it could be something as simple as reimbursing themselves, you know, for yeah. auto expenses, reimbursing yourselves for meals, reimbursing uh, workers for, you know, different things that they, they purchase. The first thing I ask for is, okay, can I see your policies and your procedures that supports what you just did? And that's, and that's really important for nonprofits. They have to maintain policies and procedures. So outside of nonprofits, also for regular businesses and with the cannabis industry that is I mean, the IRS, they're just waiting to catch us do something wrong, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you have to make sure that you have policies and procedures procedures, so that if there is something that you do that may be a little bit outside the realm of what's normal, sometimes a simple policy statement saying, that okay, here's how we're going to handle these particular situations will get you off the hook, right? So it's important that you talk to your clients about that. Even if you can't provide them with it, find someone that can, you know, advise them.
1: And you just to stop you there for a moment, we saw this in our community yesterday with someone talking about who obviously wasn't that familiar with Form 8300, but knew it needed to be filed. And so sometimes you could be an accountant, like I'm not an expert in dealing with the IRS and Form 8300, but I might find someone like you in our community, hey, I've got a client 8300 issue, Desiree, we want to hire you, bring you in to help make sure we do the right thing with this client instead of just trying to guess. Right. Of what I need to do and not, not really know. That's not my expertise.
0: Exactly. Excuse me. Another area to be really careful about is of course the dreaded 280E. I know everybody knows about that. It's like a, you can fall asleep and you can just see it in your dream. Yeah. 280E. Okay. Understand 280E. Not only that, uh, 263A and, and 471, you want to understand those codes because, a lot of the audits tend to surround themselves around those particular, those, those codes. Um, so if, especially if you're a new, or if you're a new um, accountant looking to, you know, become, to looking to become an expert in this, in this niche, you want to make sure that you understand the codes that, um, that are, that, that the codes that this, co- this um, industry relies on. Okay um and if you don't understand it once again don't be afraid to outsource don't be afraid to outsource outsource things you don't understand to a fellow accountant for example with dope cfo if you join dope cfo wonderful group if you if you join dope cfo there are tons and tons of accountants inside that inside that group that can help you okay so you're never alone so, if you focus, if your focus is more in, on bookkeeping, just sort of getting the information into the system, okay, and you don't, you, and you don't really understand how to book a particular transaction because maybe it's gap and you don't understand gap, yeah. I would say consult with another accountant who is familiar with that, that that can help you, because these are the little things that can get you in trouble with the IRS because you might you may have an assumption that okay I heard that you are able to deduct certain 471 items, okay? And, but then there's a caveat to that. Well, are you maintaining your books according to GAP? So you can deduct those 471 items. Well, if you don't know it to that extent, you might just think, oh, okay, well, I can deduct A, B, C, D, E. But in the, mean, in the meantime, you're not keeping the books the way you're supposed to in order to be able to deduct yeah. that. Okay, so these little, they're the little nuances that you have to understand.
1: <laughs> to get it <laughs>
0: and then also setting your uh, setting up a system for your clients to pay their quarterly taxes. I mean I can't this seems really simple.
1: <laughs> I can't
0: stress how important it is because honestly when I, in, in the process of doing collections within my my business I would have to say that 80% of the problems that that most clients have stem from not paying estimated taxes. Because you figure okay I'm just working. Either you don't, you're don't, you not thinking about it, you don't realize you're supposed to do it, or you want to, you feel like, okay, rather than me taking this money and giving it to the IRS, let me reinvest it back in my business. And in the hopes that when it's time for me to pay my taxes at the end of the year, that I have enough to pay it. And most times people don't. So it always starts from not paying estimated taxes and then it yeah. just snowballs from it year snowballs to year.
1: And- year we had that exact situation in dispensary and all of a sudden it was like 300 grand they owed and it was a big nightmare. And yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, you got to have them budget, pay it quarterly and even budget every month. Exactly. So don't exactly. forget that expense.
0: <laughs> don't forget it. Cause it's really important. So then, you know, create, create a system for your clients where they, and hopefully they follow it. Cause you can create a system all day long. And if they decide not to follow it, then, you know, there's nothing you can do. But all you can do is try to help them. It's up to them to actually accept the help. And then uh, the last thing is one of the things that you should pay attention to as it relates to the IRS is the fact that the cannabis industry is a cash-based business. And boy, does the IRS love to audit cash-based businesses because the assumption is you're not, you're not rec- recording all of your income. And they're Right. Yeah, <laughs> to say they're they're right. I used to work before I started working with this particular industry. I worked with the the I was as I said I was a hairstylist and salon owner, so I decided to niche up with that particular industry. That's also a cash based business, so we dealt with a lot of audits. Now I tell my cash based business clients that if there's one thing you want to stay away from, it's a lifestyle audit. You don't want the IRS to do a lifestyle order on you. And usually they will do that if you're a cash-based business and you're you're paying for all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, you have this house, you have this car, you have, you know, you're yeah. these bills. And then they look at your your financials and they see, well, how can you afford to pay all of this and you're only making this amount of money? Well, if they don't have a way to back their way into what you should be making, which they do, okay, depending yeah. on how severe your case is, they will say okay we're going to do a lifestyle audit to see how much money you are spending versus what you're making and they go deep they go down the rabbit hole and you want to avoid you want to avoid that so you want to make sure that you're doing everything right that you are reporting your income you want to make sure that because the IRS can find out how much you they think you were supposed to make just by putting the puzzles and pieces together. It may not be exact, but they have a pretty good idea. And if you're nowhere near what their assumptions are, they're just going to take it. Well, here's what you made because we're going to assume this and they're going to, you know, they'll ta- they'll um, so you. So ta- you will pay tax based on their assumptions plus penalties in interest. So, So, yeah,
1: gosh, I mean, you said so much stuff. It's amazing stuff. (laughs) But it it is all these things are true. And they've got to focus on this for certain. And this is kind of a related question on is there an issue, an aspect of tax compliance that you wish you knew before you jumped into cannabis? I know you've dealt with a lot already. And or did you overcome any challenges with your first clients that you wish you'd been more prepared to handle um, on the tax side?
0: I would say when I started in working with cannabis clients, you know, I looked at the a a business and I said, okay, I want to start working with businesses that are in the cannabis space. And I realized as I started that I was working with businesses that are in the compliance space. Because there are so many compliances. Okay. It was almost like, okay, is it am I working? Or or rather, you are you selling? um, cannabis? Are you cultivating cannabis? Yes. Are you producing, you know, products or are you just worrying about compliance issues? Because it was just, you know, everything you do is about compliance. So I would say that one of the things that I realized was how deep it goes. So it's not just dealing with, of course, you have your federal compliance requirements, even though it's illegal on the federal level, they yeah. still want their money regardless. Okay. So you have to deal with that. You have to also deal with your state compliance issues. And then, I, I, you know, I didn't realize how deep it goes down into the cities, the counties that you're in. You also have to deal with those compliance agencies. And sometimes before you can even get your state compliance license or whatever, there are certain requirements that they have of you. to to, you know certain things you have to do with your your city or your county before you can get to the state so i would say that i wasn't really aware of how deep it went now being that i have you know was an auditor i did work with different states and i also worked with different um of the feds in different states but i didn't necessarily go down to the city county level and all of that so it you know if I had known, and oh, by the way, I'm also, um, one of the things I also do, I, I started college once again, <laughs> I'm taking, I'm taking a, a, a graduate student course in cannabis compliance. Okay. Okay, cool. Yes. So that is opening up my eyes even more because I am going, it's like, wow. Okay. Because I figured that if I can wrap myself around this the industry and just really get to understand it from a different perspective outside of what we do and I combine the two, it would give me even deeper knowledge.
1: That's, right, I want to highlight that point. That's a really good point, what you're doing. What a great example of what I call the VIP bubble of from day one to the end of our career, I don't care if I'm 70, we're expanding our expertise, instructing and participant in it. And so we're translating that knowledge, that's our one asset, into value to our clients, and they're paying us well for it. So, yeah, you're starting with accounting and tax, but then you're branching out into compliance and HR and understanding operations and and product and brand and all these other and even the politics. You right, the politics all these things, and you're a huge value to your clients. So that that's really good to hear that you're continuing on with your education. I tell talk to people all the time. It's like it doesn't stop. It's just
0: Right. It definitely doesn't stop. And it's not that I'm going to, to, to you know, graduate and become a compliance officer or I'm going to become it's just I just want that knowledge because I want to be able to have the authority when I say something or if I'm writing an article or I'm talking about something, I want to come from a place of knowledge. And it's not that I'm going to know everything, but at, at the very least, I will know how to go about doing my research to find out certain things about the industry.
1: And you can, um, and, and we've told people too, since generally the business owners don't want to do accounting or tax or HR, they generally don't like the compliance stuff as well. And you can make, I've seen people make very high fees just to maintain the license, et cetera, with the compliance side. So it's, it's great knowledge to have. And maybe mm-hmm. this is a great lead into this is what made you decide to join our program?
0: <laughs> well, let
1: me tell you. <laughs> Get more education.
0: I... Okay, so I've been in, you know, I've been in accounting for about 10 years or so, and I found myself just working with people. It was, it was almost like a rat race because I was on a, I was on a Ferris wheel. I just kept going around and around and round and round and round. We just never stopped. So once I get done with one client, I'm jumping to the next. Yeah. I had all this work to do. And then I'm, I look at my, my, my financials and I'm saying, my God, I mean, considering how, how hard I'm working or how much effort mentally I'm putting into this it just doesn't seem to be, I don't know, paying off or I was getting the satisfaction wasn't there. I wasn't satisfied. Something was missing. And I just didn't like the type of clientele that I had built or was attracting. So I wanted to be able to work with less clients and make more money. I wanted to also be able to use my accounting skills you know, for what I was doing because the other work I was doing, I just felt like it was, okay, you do a tax return. Okay. You you know, do their books. Okay. Fine. You prepare financials. Okay. But I just wasn't feeling challenged. Okay. So that was part of it. Now I wouldn't say that was the main reason that's just an add on the main, the main reason was I wanted to change my clientele base to a, a clientele base that needed my service and understood what it meant to have this particular service and to appreciate the service, therefore they were willing to pay the price because they understand the requirements and they actually appreciated what you were doing rather than working with people who know they need it and they keep telling you, oh yeah, I know I need this, I know I need this, but then they keep putting it off or when you tell them how much, oh my God. Okay, <laughs> well, um, you know, let me call you back or, oh shoot, I didn't know it cost that much. <laughs> like, okay, it's,
1: and that's a great point. I mean, I mean, the the mom and pops in this niche are multi million dollar companies. They should be paying very high fees to, if, with the complexity, with the size of the businesses and the complexity. Yeah, they should generally be paying in the hundreds of thousands. And so you can you can end up finding clients without you know having to build ten clients or fifteen right. clients. You can keep under five. As a matter of fact as I transitioned between and started giving client leads in mine into our community over since it's been two years since I took a client and even some of those I gave away to students early on. So I had, there was a period of time where my client base was shrinking, but my revenues were still growing. I got, cause my one or two clients were just going, going up. So you're, you can literally build a six to seven figure firm with one client, you can just grow with them because they're growing so quickly. I'm I'm glad to hear you found it. Um, How you like it so far have, and well, actually, let me ask you that. Have you enjoyed it so far and has it helped you um, build your firm? And have you found our VIP community to be a good resource as well?
0: It definitely has helped me build my firm. Um, Or rather, I I should say, I, I definitely like it building my firm. I'm in the process of building, you know, I'm in the process of everything that I do goes back to me wanting to build my firm, including going back to school. Now, how I, how I found out about this degree was one of the articles that you were in and you posted it in the community. So Mm -hmm. I read the article and then in the process of reading the article, I also read of you know, this cannabis control degree at, at, at Excelsior College, I said, oh, okay, you know, that's really interesting. So I, I researched it and I said, okay, you know what, this is something I think I could do. So in addition to me um, in, in uh, um, building my business, the community, I mean, just reading the posts, I can tell you is so helpful. You know, even if even if, you know, you're one that doesn't like to Participate, let's say, because some people are shy where they're even, they're so shy where they wouldn't even post anything. <laughs> okay. So, now, so joining the community, you don't necessarily have to post anything. It's great if you do, because we learn from everyone. But just reading the posts and reading what people put in the community is so, so helpful. There are a lot of things that I have learned just by reading posts. Okay. There are a lot of things I have implemented just by reading the post. Of course, being a VIP is even more helpful because then we have the different um, we, have, we have the marketing calls, which are phenomenal. You no, know, you know how much money we have to pay to hire someone to 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 even if it's just a consultation. Okay. Consultations aren't free. And when they someone gives you a free consultation, it might be 15 minutes and they're going to limit what they provide you. Okay. So that alone. Can, you know, that alone is, is just amazing where you can sit down or you can be on a call with um, the, the, um, uh, the marketers and they're helping you, giving you advice. And then, of course, you have those tax calls. We yeah. all have questions about those. And you know, even though, yes, I do taxes and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in that space, there are a lot of times where I might get stuck. I might get stuck. I'm thinking, okay, well, what should I do here? Because there are so many different options. Because when it comes to tax, it's a matter of interpretation sometimes, right? Yeah. Where I can look at something and say, okay, here's what I see, and somebody else can look at it and see and say, here's what they what they see. Until it's tested, either by an audit or in the courts, you don't know who's right and who is wrong. If it's not tested, then you think, oh, I must have been right because you know, yeah. after all, I wasn't audited. Doesn't mean you were right. But that said, even with the tax calls. You learn so much, okay, you, and you can ask questions. Now, these are the types of services that if we didn't have the community, whether it be just the regular community or the VIP community, you would have to, you know, pay a consultant or you'd have to scramble around, you know, Googling or you'd have to go on, onto one of your Facebook groups where they you can hear just about anything depending upon who's, you know, answering a question. So it's very helpful because you can actually speak to the to the experts you can speak to the marketing expert ask them direct questions not necessarily because sometimes we get lost in the interpretation of a post if somebody asks a question you might answer it but you still don't understand it given the ability to get on these calls being a part of vip being a part of dope cfo and actually speak to these experts i mean it's like priceless it's completely priceless that said The information that I have, that, that is given to us as part of Dope CFO, that in, its, in, in, in of itself is priceless because it's almost like you're going back to school with all that information. I learned so much. Like, yes, I understand accounting. Yes, I understand GAP. Yes, I understand all that stuff. But I didn't understand Canada's accounting, not until I joined uh, Dope CFO and, and was given the all of that information that is just priceless. So yes. Well,
1: thank you so much for for all those kind words. And, and it's true that yeah, we've got a lot of great information in the community. It's so amazing because I hadn't been in in Big Four in twenty years, but it remind our community reminds me in a way of like at Price Waterhouse. We're in all fifty states. We have just this breadth of knowledge. I'll use it for a question or someone will be talking about a topic and I'll I'll post and four other people will have a discussion and so whether it's a tax idea or a marketing idea or sharing information or new latest news articles it's it's just an amazing community where we're all sh- serving the same community, we, even people sharing work with each other and um, serving that same community with the same tools and knowledge. So so that has been great. This has been an amazing show. I want to ask you one final question mm-hmm. what, um, as well as and anything you left out or that you want to share, but also what advice do you have other bookkeepers or accounting professionals who have questions about IRS compliance or just getting in the niche in general? Um, any final
0: words for them? Um, I would say, uh, do your research and read if you're, if you are a a brand new accountant, not a brand new accountant, but if you're brand new in the space, if you're thinking about getting into the space of cannabis, I would say that do a read. Okay. You want to make sure that you read and you understand what the code sections are in the industry, because especially if you're on the tax side. Because you need to know that. In addition to that, don't just jump in and say, you know, I think I want to um, become—I I want my—I think I want to become a cannabis accountant—and then just start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that, because you will—you don't know what you're doing. I can guarantee you, it's completely different. It's different from all other types of industries. So my advice would be to make sure that you you hook up with a dope CFO. I'm, I'm not going to say dope CFO like business. I would say dope CFO. I would say you should more than likely consider joining dope CFO because the information that you're going to, and I think I've said this already, but I'll say it again. <laughs> the information that you're going to receive is so paramount to you becoming a, um, an accountant in this space. So my advice to you, my advice is definitely to do that. Also, um, I would also advise anyone who is looking to become an expert in this field is to know, I wouldn't say to pick particular states, but I would say if you do decide to take a client in a state that is different from yours, or even if it's in your state, research that state. Because one thing I can say, it is so, all the states are so, so, so different. And even the, the, the folks that are uh, in charge of the licensing for each state are so different. You have some states like California that have their actual licensing boards. You have some states that have combined it with liquor, okay, with the liquor boards and then cannabis, they just combine them together. So, you know, they're so different. So it's important that you educate yourself. I would say that's the most important thing. Educate yourself, it's, educate yourself, because that is the way that's how you're going to be able to get through the noise and understand exactly what it is that you need to do to become a cannabis um, specialty or rather cannabis accountant.
1: Well, awesome that I completely agree. And education is just the hallmark of our profession from day one till the last day. We're all at some point in our knowledge and just grow it daily. Um, but I am so thankful for you coming on the show. You shared a ton of, of knowledge with our listeners. And tell um, we're gonna give you the link as well so you can promote and we'll put in our show notes where your web do you have an easy to remember website or easy way someone driving their car can <laughs> if they want to find you.
0: Well, I'll say, well, if you go on LinkedIn and um, my LinkedIn is, um, well, my website address is, I don't even know what it is, to be honest with you. I think it's, you, I'm not going to think. So let me just.
1: I'll put it in the show notes.
0: Okay. So what I'll do is I'll, um, I guess I'll text you or email you my email, sorry, my um, website address. But I can be found on LinkedIn under Desiree Anderson. And it's Cannabis because I have two LinkedIn, I have two LinkedIn accounts. So if you type in Desiree Anderson is, you know, I'm not sure which one's going to come up, but Cannabis is my LinkedIn, um, um, LinkedIn account that is focused strictly on,
1: cannabis.
0: Uh, on cannabis. And also I have my podcast that is called Cannabis as well. I'm hoping I'm getting the, the name right because honestly, I don't remember, which is <laughs> terrible. I should have researched my own self before I came on to the show. I have a website that's strictly for cannabis clients or the cannabis industry, and it's called geotaxandaccountingstrategies.com. and Accounting Strategies.
1: dot com. Okay, Geotax and dot com, and we will put the link. Don't worry about it. we will get the link for sure. And again, okay. Thank you so much for joining us on this and we are we'll get you connected and this, this has been a great show.
0: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it and I'm glad I found you and I found you on on Instagram weirdly enough. That is. I was scrolling hit. through my Instagram feed and then I saw, you know, your ad and I said, "Oh, that's interesting. Let me click on that." And that's <laughs> how I found you. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks
1: for listening. For more information on our program, what we're all about, make sure you go over and visit us at dopecfo.com. For more tips, industry news, um, updates, you can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. We have a Dope CFO Facebook group where I also host Facebook lives every single Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, we bring a wealth of knowledge about the cannabis and hemp CBD industry interest- industries to these lives. Uh, make sure you come with questions as well, because every live ends with a Q&A, and usually we have a giveaway as well. Um, this Facebook group is also full of marketers, attorneys, other accountants, bookkeepers who can support you and answer your questions. Um, and also, you may want to subscribe to our podcast. Um, and finally, don't forget to be dope.